You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. Wondering if you can make travel hacking work for your big family? If so, then listen up. In today's episode, we're sharing some tips and tricks to help you stretch those points a bit further, along with sharing our personal experiences of what it's like to travel hack with big families. Welcome to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam, Alex's mom. And I'm Jess. We are travel hacking moms. We get a lot of people who ask us if it is possible to travel hack as a family. And the answer is yes. Alex has a family of six. I have three stepkids in addition to my daughter that my husband and I have together. And we often travel all six of us together. And then Pam has a bunch of grandkids that she takes on trips. So we are going to get into today about how you can do the same with your family. So the first thing that I want to bring up is if you're going to be traveling with a group of people, it is obviously going to cost you more points. And sometimes you might, if you're just starting out and maybe you don't have a lot of points or the idea of getting everybody's flights or everybody's or the whole hotel stay paid for with points, maybe you just want to start by kind of dipping your toes in and offsetting the trip. Maybe you're just going to get your flights this time, or you're just going to get your hotel stay, or, you know, a mixture. Maybe you're going to get half of your flights and then pay for a hotel. So I just kind of want people to understand that it is going to cost more points versus if you're a solo traveler or you're just going to be going on trips with uh, your significant other. And so something to think about is if, do I want to use all my points to pay for the whole trip or am I okay just cutting the cost instead of getting the trip for nearly free. You know, I talk to a lot of people and when I talk to them, they right away say, yeah, I I know this would be really hard for me to do to get my whole family there. I am thrilled if I can save two to $3,000 off our family trip. And so sometimes that's what it ends up being. And I think back to when I traveled with my children or now when I travel with grandchildren and stuff. And, and before I did this, it was like, oh, I would have been thrilled. Save me $2,000 on our family trip. I am all about that. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that there's this, this thing with travel hacking where people think I have to get everything nearly free or else I'm not doing it right. And there's no, I know we, we try to say this often, that there's no right way to do this. It's whatever works for you and what's ever going to save you money. And so if the idea of getting it all for nearly free is just too stressful and overwhelming for you, then just get some of it. It's much better than paying full price. Well, and I think we can all agree that our personal goals are not to get every single trip for zero dollars. You know, like we have been doing this for a very long time. And I, I mean, if I can get my flights and hotel for free, that's that's a good trip. But I don't try to get like my rental car for free and my excursions for free. Like I'm not if I can just get flights and hotel covered, I am good. 
So I think, I think we're all kind of like that, you know? Yeah, 100%. So the next thing, obviously, is if you are traveling with a family, you probably have kids in school, which makes things a little bit more complicated. I often hear suggestions to, you know, just be flexible with your dates and then you'll be able to find really good deals. And I'm like, okay, obviously you don't have a child who is part of a school system with a calendar and you can't miss a certain amount of days or you get like a letter sent home. Yeah. so. I think Alex and I can agree that the whole, like, just be flexible doesn't always work for us. So, yeah, we are we are big on planning ahead, especially me. I have always been a planner. But when it comes to travel hacking, I try to plan as far in advance as I can. As soon as I get my daughter's school schedule, you know, once it's approved, I start looking into dates and seeing what can be booked. And so it's just the further you book out, if your dates aren't super flexible, the further you book out, the more availability you're going to find and the easier it's going to be to get a really good value for your points. Yeah. When you were talking, one thing I was thinking about is there's all these um, like search aggregator type things and services that will send, send people like cheap flights for maybe a, like a round trip flight to Europe for $400. But it's all like you got to book it right then. And that's never been something that I could do. Like we can't just pick up pick up at a moment's notice with school schedules and sports schedules of being like, okay, we're just going to spend $400 for each person in our family to go on this trip. And I also feel like when you times that by six, that's expensive. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, like you'll hear people say like, oh, like, don't use your points for these types of flights. Like just look for cheap cash fares, which is great if you can find those cheap cash fares, but finding them for your dates and finding them when you have six people you're traveling with, even if they're cheap, they're still a lot more expensive than using points. Well, and they're cheap because they're off peak and off peak and school breaks almost never overlap. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One of the things, too, I often think is that if you're going to travel with a family is you really want to take advantage of those welcome offers. You really want to get more welcome offers than maybe the person who's just traveling with two people. So you want to keep getting new cards. You know, if that's something that interests you, you want to make sure you've got that player two involved. You want to be able to use referral points. You want to just get all the points that you can and in the right category in a way that it will really help you. So if you're going to Hawaii, getting ultimate rewards, as many of those as you can for family works out really well. Um, Alex was able to take four children, two adults to Hawaii, stay in Maui, cost her $55. Now, So it's not impossible. You just have to get lots of points. And a lot of people have this misconception when they start out with points and miles. I'm going to get one card and I'm just going to put all my spending on it. That's going to make it really hard to get enough points for a family. You really have to get multiple welcome offers to be able to make that work. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, for myself, and I'm sure... Jess, with you too, with traveling with, when you guys are traveling with six, 
that is a lot of points. And the reason that we're able to make that work is we're constantly opening up a new card, either myself or my husband. And we have made business cards part of our strategy, which allows us to open up more cards and we're referring each other to cards. And so if you want to be able, and, and I will say we travel often as like, we probably go on one big trip a year and then a more um, local trip or a d domestic type trip, like to California or Arizona, something like that once a year. And then one bigger trip to Hawaii or Mexico. And that's a lot of points, but because we're always opening up cards and referring each other to cards, we're able to do that. So if you want to be able to do that similar thing, just know like, okay, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to be opening up cards, you know, fairly often. You just got back from a, a big trip with four children and a yes. spouse, kind of like Alex, although Alex doesn't have to even pay for a youngest. So yours was even more points. Well, now I do. Yeah, I'm glad you do. He's gotten older. But so how did you do that? How did you acquire enough points that you were able to take six people to Europe? I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you both have been saying. And I feel like sometimes when we say we open four to six cards per year and our spouses open four to six cards per year, that people are just horrified by that. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's so many credit cards. But when you're when you're having to save up enough points for six people, that's what you got to do, you know. And so that is our I am not a huge I don't think any of us are. I am not a huge like trying to stack things in shopping portals like I would rather just open a new card and get a huge bonus to put towards a trip than try and. I mean, I will shop through the portals occasionally, but I don't go out of my way to spend time doing that because I just feel like opening a new card is so much easier. 100%. It's time consuming and we don't have, I mean, we're busy moms. We don't have the time to yeah. worry about stacking all of those deals. And it just kind of overwhelms my brain. So if I'm going to use a shopping portal, I use Rakuten. It yeah. is already attached to my web browser, so it knows when I'm shopping to notify me. So that's that's pretty much the only one I use because I'm like, okay, this is simple and easy and it doesn't require any extra thinking. Exactly. One Same. thing I want to say too is like we're opening a lot of cards and we are traveling multiple times a year with our families. So if that's not your goal, if you're like, we just want to do one trip a year and do that maybe every every year or every couple of years, then it's going to be easier for you to acquire the points than us because we're taking our families on more than one trip. You know, I'm also going on a trip with my husband. I'm going on a girl's trip with my mom. And so, you know, you don't have to do exactly what we're doing. But if you do want to go on some of these nice trips, like an all-inclusive resort with your family, like a trip like Hawaii, know that it is going to take a decent chunk of points. Another thing is, you know, I like to travel business class. And so I do that a lot. When you have a family that's, and you're wanting to take a whole family to Europe or something, that's probably something that you're not going to be able to do. You'd have to have a lot of points. And so it's much more feasible to um, save enough points and miles to travel if you're traveling economy. And so I think that that is something that you've got to kind of wrap your head around too. The other thing is not only is it really expensive to find that um 
to have that many points to travel in business class, it's difficult to find that many business class seats on the same flight because the airlines will only release so many business class seats for award seats. So that's something to keep in mind, too. I think pretty much what it boils down to is that there is no one size fits all when it comes to the approach that you're going to take. And there are a ton of factors that go into how many points you're going to need to accumulate, what what all you want to cover um, with your points. And so it's even like the type of hotel you want to stay. Yeah, at. I mean, it's so individual. It's yeah, it's so just personal to you. So you know, we love to give you examples of what we do, but obviously you know what works best for your situation. And so you got it. You got to do that. So now that we've kind of talked to, I guess, the hard truth of maybe you're going to have to earn more points, here are some strategies or some tips that you can use to help your points go further. So first, we're going to talk about some ways that you can book your book flights for your families, ways that we do it that have helped us be able to use less points and fly nearly for you more often. So first of all, if you've listened to any of our other episodes, if you follow us, then you know that I am a huge fan of the Southwest Companion Pass. That has been a game changer for my family. And I like I don't know if we'll ever not have it as long as Southwest has it offered and available. We will try to get it every year. So I'm just going to briefly go over it because I know I've talked about it before, but how the Southwest Companion Pass works is if you earn 135,000 points in one calendar year, you get to bring someone free with you on all of your flights for the rest of the year that you earn the Companion Pass and all of the next. So what's really cool is you use the points that you earned to book your flights and then you add your companion and all you have to pay are the taxes and fees, which if it's a domestic flight is just $5.60 for a one-way flight. So the other thing that's really nice about the companion pass is right now, both my husband and I have it. And so we use our points to book our flights. And then we book two of our other kids with points. And then two of our our other two kids fly for free. So we are getting six flights and only paying for four. So that is a huge savings when you can bring two people for just paying the taxes and fees, not even paying any points for them. That is huge. And so my kids, like, I don't even, they've like maybe flown Delta or United once when they were like a baby. And it was just me and them like going to visit my parents or something. I actually took my oldest to Washington, D.C. And we did one flight coming home on Delta. And he was like, TVs on the screen? Like he thought it was the coolest thing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't get too comfortable, bud. We're going back to Southwest. That's how we fly. So anyways, we love it. And it may, I don't know if it makes sense for every family. It depends like what, if Southwest is available where you fly, the destinations you're going to. We, I'm out of Salt Lake. We don't have a lot of direct flights on Southwest, which is kind of a bummer. I can get to California. I can get to Denver. But there's a lot of our flights. Like if we're going to Mexico or we're going to Hawaii, we're taking a connecting flight. If we're going to Florida, we're going to take a connecting flight. And I'm willing to do that so that I can use less points. And so I think that just depends on another thing too. I know a lot of families, I have friends of mine who are like, tell me how I can get points for my family to do this. And this is, we only want to fly Delta because that's a major hub here in Salt Lake. And I'm like, you might not get too many free flights if that's your goal, if you're, if you're against doing layovers. And so I think we've gotten to the point where we're good at layovers. We know how to do layovers. It's totally fine. 
We go, we stretch our legs. It's kind of nice for everybody to have a break. And it's 1000% worth it to us to have an hour and a half, two hour layover somewhere so we can fly for free. So you got to kind of make some sacrifices to, to do this. Hey, Alex, we do have a podcast all about the Southwest Companion Pass too, don't yeah, we? Yeah, well, just about Southwest in general. I think it's yeah. maybe two episodes before this. So you can get it, get a whole lot of Southwest if you want to know more. So the next saver on flights tip that we have is that Air France actually has a deal where you can get 25% off award flights for kids under 12. So that is a huge savings. If you have kids between the age of 2 and 11, you can save 25% off their award flights. It's applied immediately at checkout when you are booking your flights. You don't need any sort of special code or anything like that. And you can pool your points together as a family, which makes it a lot easier to be able to book those flights as a family. So that is another really great tip to know. I personally have not used this. I I don't think I've ever flown Air France, actually. But I've used Air France to go to Europe before. And I haven't flown. My kids actually haven't been to Europe yet. But I love this option. Air France is a really... The nice thing about Air France is it's a transfer partner. I think, is it a transfer partner of every bank? Don't quote me on that. But I feel like it might be. Yeah, there's it's, a lot. If not everyone, then it's, it's probably not, if not everybody. Right. A lot of them. Jess yeah. will look that up and make sure I'm not giving you false information. But it's a really nice way to get to Europe. We've even flown Air France to, like my mom and sister did this. They flew Air France from Denver to Paris, and but our real destination was Croatia, and then they bought a cheap flight to Croatia. So Air France is a great option if you're wanting to fly to Europe. I have confirmed that it is a transfer partner of all the banks. So yeah, it wasn't super easy. Yeah, super easy to rack up Air France miles. Yeah. So, I mean, if I, I will eventually take my kids to Europe because my sister lives in London and I would love to take the kids. They have not been there yet. And so we will do that. And that is probably how we're going to fly is, oh, I should probably do that soon because my oldest is turning 11. Oh, you better do it before you turn 12. Yeah, 25% off on award flights for children. That's pretty great. Yeah. Okay. And before I even got into travel hacking, I was doing a hack where I was saving on flights and I didn't even know it. So we lived in a small town and the only two airlines were United and Alaska. Alaska isn't even there anymore. But so I always had those credit cards and I would use them. And one of the things that was really great about Alaska credit cards, both the personal and the business cards, is that they come with a companion fare. Unfortunately, it's not like the companion fare with Southwest where you just fly all the time with a companion. But one time during the year, you can have a companion that flies with you. You pay $99 in taxes and fees. My husband and I used it to go to Mexico several times to go visit my son in Seattle. And before I got into travel hacking, my husband and I, I wanted to, tr to travel and I didn't know how we were going to. And somehow we went to a timeshare presentation. I talked him into buying a timeshare in Hawaii. And so once we started having grandchildren that were getting a little bit older, we decided that we'd start taking two of them every year. 
Now, mind you, I have 21 grandchildren. I think we've gone through six of them so far. And so what we do is we take those two grandchildren to our timeshare and we use our Alaska Companion Fair. So my husband uses his and I use mine. And because we've got children, grandchildren that are in school, again, we're stuck at going during summertime when it's more expensive. If we had to pay for them, it would be really expensive. I would have to use a lot of points and miles, and certainly I could do that. But we've kind of gotten used to just using that Alaska Companion Pass. And we will, each of us, put one of the children on our ticket. And that way, we're only paying about $100, a little over $100, 121 123 or something for each of the grandchildren's tickets. And it's been something that has really saved a lot of money for us when we do this with the grandkids. And it's been such a fun experience for us to take two at a time and get to know them better. And each of the grandkids, it's really cute. They all say, well, I'm going with so-and-so, aren't I? And when's my turn? Am I the year after next or... Or whatever. It's been just a, a, a really fun and uh, great way to use a great benefit. Would you like to adopt me as a grandchild, Pam? Uh, yeah, my so my oldest, Eli, is always like, when in the summer, we all get together at my parents' house with all of the cousins come. And they're always are talking about, because it's around the time, soon after that, they take two of the grandkids on the trip. So the other grandkids are all talking about when is it my turn? Who am I going with? And so my oldest Eli is always like, so who am I going to go with mom? Because he's kind of in the middle of a group. So he's got a couple older cousins and then he's got his little brother and a couple cousins his age. So he's always like, who am I going with? And so it's it's pretty fun and cute and they all like get super excited about it. One thing I did want to say though about the companion fair is if you are using that, it, you can't use it in conjunction with points like you can the Southwest Companion Pass. So You'll have to pay cash for one ticket, and then the companion fare is you just pay the taxes and fees. So, yeah, that's a good point because that's something that's always bummed me out. So, yeah, but it's still a really good way to save. And if you yeah. have what you could do is if you have more people in your family, if you and your player two have the the Alaska card, you could book your two other let's say you have four kids you can book two kids with points you can book your and your spouse with cash and then add two others as your companion fare and you're only paying you know you're getting some of them for free you know exactly. getting four of them so you can find kind of creative ways to make that work for you if that's in you know if in if Alaska's an airline that you fly all right i think now we're going to move on to hotels and I'm going to kick it off with the Hyatt family plan rate. This is my favorite, one of my favorite Hyatt hacks. We actually, Pam, you were asking earlier how we took six people to Europe. And this is one of the hacks that we used while we were there. The Hyatt family plan rate, and I will preface this by saying it's not going to work at every single Hyatt. You have to either call or you can chat them on their website and ask you know, if you give them the hotel you want to stay at and the dates that you want to stay there, they can tell you whether the family plan rate is available. But the gist of it is you pay for one room, either on cash or on points, and then you can get a second room for 50% off the standard cash rate. So you cannot get 50% off the points rate. 
People always ask me that. And I'm like, no, no, no. It has to be 50% off the cash rate, but you can use points for the first room. So an example is we did this over the summer when we went to London. We stayed at the Andaz um, London Liverpool Street. We used it there. We just used it on our most recent trip to Europe. And we stayed at the Hyatt Regency in Manchester. We had two rooms. One of them was 8,000 points a night. So 24,000 points for three nights. And then the second room was, it was a connecting room. The cash, the standard cash rate would have been 162 pounds a night, but we paid 82.50 a night. So one room for 8,000 points a night, a second connecting room for 82 pounds a night. And I was very happy with that deal. I thought it was a great deal. I love the family plan rate. And that is really nice. Does sometimes, is it always 50% off or is it kind of like an up to 50% off? Like I've it's always, it's always been 50% when I, I've only used, I've probably used it around five times. Oh, nice. Um, but it's always been 50%. And it's this, it's like 50% off the standard rate, not like the member rate. Yeah. Or, you know, if you have like, AARP or AAA, you know, it's not 50% off those. It's 50% off the standard rate. But you can get, I mean, it doesn't, obviously, you could also just book two rooms and use points for both. But a lot of times for me, I feel like if I'm getting 50% off the standard rate, it doesn't make sense to use points for that. I'd rather just pay the cash and save those points, you know, to get, yeah. to get more value from them. So, Nice. That is a great tip because, you know, if we got big families, we're going to be needing to book two rooms sometimes. And especially in Europe, they are very um, strict about their occupancy limits there. And so a lot of, I mean, that's why we had to do it. A lot of the hotels there, the max occupancy is two, you know. So so even just our family of three, you know, when it's just me and my husband and our daughter, we still sometimes use the family rate if we're abroad and and then the max occupancy is two. Yeah, that's yeah, a great really, trick. That's rough. Only to occupancy of two. I mean, mm-hmm. yikes. I'm yeah. glad we don't have that here. As Meanwhile, as my family of six is sneaking all into one room <laughs> at the hotel. We wouldn't do so well in Europe. But, but that goes on to our next tip, Alex, is that usually when your family of six is sneaking into a hotel, you're going into a hotel that fits more people. So you're... Tr- you're basically going into Hyatt places, Hyatt houses, residence in Spring Hill Suites, Staybridge Suites, those hotels that you probably get to queen beds. And then you probably have a sofa bed that makes into a bed so you can get two more people. So that does fit a family of six. I remember years ago before I was even king, I didn't even heard the term travel hacking. Even as a family, we would many times stay in Marriott residence inns. And that was because it was a family type of a hotel. We could get two bedrooms and then we would have a sofa bed and that would fit. I had five children, so that would fit our family of seven. And then the best part about it and the best part about all of these hotels that fit more people are that they usually have free breakfasts. And so then I didn't have to worry about, you know, feeding my family for breakfast. I've always thought that was kind of a really strange thing 
that the cheaper hotels, the family hotels, supply breakfast. And then you go somewhere like the Park Hyatt Vendome that Jessica just stayed at. And if you didn't have Globalist, you'd be paying a lot for a breakfast. And I've always thought that was really strange. And so that's one of the huge perks for a family staying at a family hotel is that not only do you have the room, maybe you can all fit in in one um, room or maybe you can get adjoining rooms, but you also don't have to worry about breakfast. And I also loved residence inns. And I know there are some other hotels that do this too, where when it's Monday through Friday, they kind of have it's kind of a happy hour, and they would. I remember for um, the residence inns, they would have pizza and salad, or they would have some sort of food. And they're kind of aiming at the business travelers, but if you're a family there, you can partake too. And so I would be so excited, be like, not only did I not have to pay for breakfast, I didn't have to pay for dinner because my family <laughs> loves to have pizza. And so, you know, it was always something pretty simple but it would suffice. And so that's another way to save money um, as families. If you have a family of six, you can probably just get one room. If not, you probably will have to get a room where you have an adjoining room. But these like love, love, love Hyatt places. Um, I've been, I was trying to get Globalist, fat, fast track to Globalist. And so I stated a couple of them there were just category ones or twos. And I was like, they were nice. And there was so much room. I was really, really impressed. So you don't have to give up a nice hotel stay to be able to get that big family of yours in a hotel. You can do it. Yeah, our our go-to is Hyatt Place. And like to the point where it's kind of funny, like my kids know, oh, we're staying at Hyatt Place. We're going to a soccer tournament. It's Hyatt Place. We got a basketball tournament. It's Hyatt Place. And if there's Hyatt Place, we're staying at the Marriott Spring Hill Suite. So it's one or the other for us. Those are our favorites because, like my mom said, they have, we can get a room with two queens. We can get a little sofa bed or at the Spring Hill Suites, it's like a couch, little trundle bed set up. And a lot of, in some of these, in some of these cities, these hotels are newer and nicer. And so I love when we get a, get to stay at a new one. And so that's been really great for us. The breakfasts are pretty decent um i mean my kids like them because they've got like the little waffle station where you can have a fresh waffle they've got cereal choices my kids aren't fancy so they're and i know the same with jess's daughter it's like give me the yeah, fruit she, it's all about the like scrambled eggs made from powder and the <laughs> fruit loop so she loves her hyatt place breakfast and what do you guys usually play for pay for Hyatt places. I mean, they can go as little as 3,500 points, can't they? And I think it's, you can stay at a pretty nice one for, you know, five or 8,000. I mean, that's, you can get a lot of stays for a family when you are using Hyatt places. I need to send y'all photos. So we just stayed at the Hyatt place Amsterdam airport because it was just like, we got into Amsterdam. We needed a hotel to stay at. We were flying out the next morning. So we just wanted something close to the airport. We got an off-peak night. It was 3,500 points, and this Hyatt place was beautiful. And their breakfast was, I mean, they had, like, scrambled eggs, potatoes, yogurt parfait, latte machine. I mean, it was it was hardcore for a Hyatt place. And so 
I was like, man, I should have booked more. I should have done a mattress run here and just booked more 3,500 yeah, point have. nights. But I could not believe that that hotel was 3,500 Hyatt points. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So you figure it with with one, um, you can stay not t- almost 20, not, you know, probably 16 nights with one Chase Sapphire preferred sign up bonus. That blows my mind. Yeah. I will say too, like we're, we like to stay at the really nice luxury hotels too, but there's a time and place for these hotels. And so these are our go-tos when we're traveling. When I'm traveling with my kids for their sports, we use, when we stay at Marriott, we usually use our free night certificates that come with the Marriott card when we stay at a Spring Hill Suites. But I know same thing with Jess. When we go to Disneyland, we'll stay at a Hyatt house or a Hyatt place. And they're mm-hmm. really close to the park. They're not a ton of points. You can use like your Hyatt free night certificate there too. And you can fit your family in the hotel room. So it is so, so nice to have those hotels for those types of travel. Mm-hmm. So moving on, the next thing that we want to talk a little bit about is Airbnbs and vacation rentals. So I know a lot of people love these to be able to have that space for their family, to have a kitchen and these are bookable with points. So if this is something that you want to do with your family, you are able to do that. So the best ways to do that are to open a Venture venture X card or a regular Venture card. And you would just pay for your Airbnb on that credit card. And then you can erase, like if the bonus is 75,000 points, you'll be able to erase $750 of that purchase. So I know a lot of people like to stay, stay at an Airbnb when they're going to Hawaii so that they have the space. They can save money on their food because food is so expensive in Hawaii. So that's a good option. And then you can also book Vacasa Rentals with uh, your Wyndham Rewards points. And you can either get Wyndham cards or you can transfer your Venture Miles or your City Thank You points to Wyndham and book those Vacasa Vacation Rentals that way. So that's just another way that you can save on your hotels and find places that fit your large family. Yes, I have not used the Vacasa vacation rental perk yet, but I am tempted by it because it seems like a very good use of Venture Miles and City Thank You points. So Yeah, the nice thing about it, too, is you can book one bedroom and it's just 15,000 points. Yeah. The catch is the one bedrooms, if you can actually find some that will sleep six people or more because they'll have lofts that don't technically count as a bedroom. So that's the real like gold nugget in there is if you yeah. can find those one bedrooms that only cost 15,000 points, but sleep more people. Yeah. And I sort of already covered this with the Hyatt family plan rate. That obviously involves booking two hotel rooms. Um, like I said, you can book two hotel rooms with points. That's what we did when we stayed at the Amsterdam Hyatt place because it was only 3,500 points a night. So we got two rooms. You know, and we paid 7,000 Hyatt points for two rooms, which is crazy. That is literally unbelievable. We got breakfast for six people. Yeah, that's awesome. So that was was a huge score. The other thing is a lot of these hotels will allow you to use more points but book suites with your points. And so they're not always going to be available. But I know with Hyatt, when you search, it'll show like standard room availability or standard suite or premium suite. Obviously, those will cost you more points, but it could be worth it. It could be 
less points to book a suite versus booking two rooms. And so you kind of just have to do the math and see which one makes more sense. But that's an option. And I know the same with Marriott and Hilton and IHG. They have options to book suites. You know, it's going to cost you more points, but it's definitely an option. And Yeah, we did that when we just went to Oceanside last fall. And we stayed at the Seabird Resort, which was super cute. And instead of booking two rooms, well, I probably just would have tried to get us all in one, maybe, because my kids are little. But I will say this as a as a caution, like proceed at your own risk. Like there, if you're going to try to fit your family hotel room, there's no guarantee that the hotel is going to be cool with that. And so, um, yeah, that's not my advice to you. I'm just telling you sometimes I have done it. But so did y'all, did you just use more Hyatt points? So it was, I think it was, I want to say it was 29,000 points a night, but don't quote me on that. It was off peak pricing. If we had booked the hotel room, it would have been 17,000 points a night. So to book two rooms would have been 34,000 points. So um, it was so nice having the suite so that the kids, my older three slept out on the couch. Um, it was a pullout queen sofa uh-huh. and they slept out on that. It had like this other little section that was kind of like a little chase lounger that my six-year-old slept on the other two were in the bed and then the baby was in the room with us that had a nice door that shut two bathrooms really really nice to be able to travel like that with your family and not and this is also where Hyatt Globalist comes in clutch for families because you get those sweet upgrade awards when you hit 50 nights you get two and when you hit 60 nights you get another two and no we do not actually stay 50 or 60 nights at Hyatt's there are ways to Get get around that by, you know, holding certain credit cards, putting spend on certain credit cards. But we'll do Alex a whole episode I, about that. Yeah, we'll do a whole episode about that. But basically, you get these sweet upgrade awards that allow you to book a standard room, but then confirm, you know, right after you book, you can confirm an upgrade to a suite. And so it's the best of both worlds because you're only paying the standard award night rate. But then you're getting a suite out of it for the same points price. So those have been huge for us. I know a lot of people, it's funny because people are like, oh, those are sweet upgrade awards are worthless. And I'm like, you must not have a family because that's one of my favorite perks of having globalists. I would completely agree with that. So the last tip I wanted to share is maybe a popular one. I'm not really sure. We'll see is doing timeshare presentation. So this doesn't require any points, but my family, we have done a, well, we've only done one so far, but I have it on my radar to do more. Uh, We did one in Newport Beach at the Marriott Newport Coast Villas. And so we paid, I believe we paid like $200 for three night stay. And Mitch and I had to go to the timeshare presentation and we told the lady we use points. So we're not going to be buying this. She was really great. At the end of the presentation, they give you an option to buy a package where you can do another timeshare presentation at a different uh, one of their resorts or hotels. Um, we didn't do that because we just we just didn't want to do it then. <laughs> but I would say that's a really good way to save. Like I have other friends on Instagram who have done multiple of these where they can stay at a resort in Hawaii for $1,000 for five nights. If you're going to do it, I would I would recommend doing like Marriott. I actually just got an offer in the mail from Sheraton to go to Orlando. 
And I'm not going to do that one, but I have heard that you can even call them and say, do you, I would like to do a timeshare presentation, but can I do it somewhere else? So I think if you don't want to use all of your points or you want to use your points for your flights, then you can look at doing a timeshare presentation. But I would strongly, strongly advise you do not buy a timeshare presentation. If you ever want to buy a timeshare, buy it from like a reputable resale site because they really mark them up in those timeshare presentations, but really sell you to make you think you are getting a good deal. They're really good at their jobs, but don't buy a timeshare presentation at a presentation. And I have done those too, especially before I started travel hacking. In fact, yesterday I got one in the mail for, I think it was the Sheraton Maui for five or six nights for $9.99 plus, um, I think, a free rental car and something else. I We did it a few years ago when we took two of our grandchildren to Maui instead of using our timeshare. So I've definitely done them. You just have to... It's, I get out of it really easy now because I just say, oh, I never pay for a hotel. I do points and miles. And, and then I start telling them about that. And pretty soon they're like, yeah, I'm going nowhere with this girl. She's never going to buy another timeshare. So, but yeah, I think it's an, it's, it's an option for somebody who wants to go with a family and you want to save on your hotel stays and use your points and miles for hotels. You just have to be strong and say no. And I would definitely only do it with a, do a presentation from a company that you know and you've heard of. There's a lot of random ones out there that are scammy, that will try to keep you there way longer than the time you promised. So I personally would only do one with Marriott, Sheraton, or Hyatt. Um, I will say, last time we were in Maui, we were staying at the Hyatt Residence Club, which is a timeshare property. And they have a little booth set up there where they were trying to get people that were walking down the little walkway to come do the presentations. And we didn't do one. It was our last day, but he was trying to convince us to do it. And he's like, at the end of the presentation, you can get another offer to come back here for this price. And it's a really a lot cheaper than if you were to just pay for a week there. So I am considering we are going back in this spring to Maui and we'll be staying at the Hyatt Regency right next door. So I'm tempted I might do it. And if I do, I will report back and tell you how the presentation went and if we bought a package afterwards because the Hyatt Residence Club in Maui is fantastic. So if I can get a discount and stay there without using my points, then I would probably do it. Yeah, I I I agree. It was really amazing. So we hope that after today's episode that you guys can see that it's possible to go on a family vacation. It's absolutely doable. And if you're ready to get started on your points and miles journey, we hope that you'll register for our free masterclass, How to Start Traveling for Nearly Free. We'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And we can't wait to hear about your next family vacation on Points and Miles. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. And to stay connected and follow along, follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you.